The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this week's edition of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about Draft. Draft Draft.com is one of the coolest new ways to play fantasy sports. You get to draft against you know, three, five, ten-man competitions. There's new drafts starting every five minutes. Your chances of winning on draft are over 80% better than on salary cap sites. That's why you need to try draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than one million people have already downloaded draft. You can play in real life NBA, NFL. They have NHL. PGA is a great one. They have MLB. They have them all. It keeps getting better, better, and better. Drafts usually finish in under five minutes. You get paid the next day. The event finishes, but they're fi- and they're filling fast. Every second, drafts are filling. They have them up until your game games begin all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit and you have to use the promo code sd sports all one word sd sports that's right playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code sd sports but it gets even better draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering a money back guarantee up to a hundred dollars just search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code sd sports Void or prohibited, must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now to this week's edition of Benched with Bubba. Back everybody to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode seventy-four. Uh, talking more fantasy baseball. We'll hit up the third base position. Talk some humidor in Arizona. Recent MLB signings, and my guest this week. In order to do so, he's a resident of the wonderful state of Arizona. He does all kinds of podcasts. He even, you know, contrary to many beliefs, these two guys can write books. So they wrote a book. You can find him on Twitter at Bogman Sports and at InThisLeague.com. Scott Bogman, how are we doing? Bubba, thank you. That was a fantastic introduction. I am doing fantastic today. I'm definitely not annoyed at all the work in my apartment complex going on. They're painting. Of course, uh, they, they've been painting every single building 
this month and they wait until the day I'm a guest on a show to do my building. Like literally as we're talking, I just saw spray paint go over my window. So <laughs> that is fantastic. They wait until this second. But yeah, I'm doing great. And the Welsh and I actually can write. I like like a lot of people like my writing. I hate writing. I despise it, but we wrote a book. It's called the uh, 99 Fantasy Baseball Player Debates. It's available on Amazon if you want a PDF. It's available on InThisLeague.com. And it's kind of different. It is – so there's plenty of draft guides. And since we are a staff of two people, there's not a chance in hell we could write an entire draft guide. So we like to talk about uh, player debates on our podcast. So we decided to go with 99 of them because we also have our 99 problems with my drafting. One T-shirt, it just makes too much sense. And uh, it's kind of like a complimentary piece. That's what the Welsh has been calling it. And I think that's perfect. It's a complimentary piece to uh, the regular draft guides and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's a lot of fun. It's on Amazon. It's cheap. It's only seven bucks. And please buy it so I can eat dinner. I would really appreciate it if you guys yes. could buy it. That would be great. Uber Eats is not cheap, people. Scott, God. needs your help. That's right. I'm actually I'm on a diet. For real, oh, like no. I've got shakes and everything. I've got a workout plan. But you like got the, the shakes, or you're drinking shakes? Well, I have the shakes from uh, cheeseburger <laughs> withdrawals, but uh, I also have shakes that I have to, you know, like those. They're super expensive. And they don't taste that bad, but um, yeah, so it's going. You know, yeah. Well, I appreciate you being able to, to fit me in between drinks. That's that's really really kind of you. <laughs> Because um, I know, I know as, as a fellow guy that needs to be on a diet, I understand how these things can go. Uh, well, you so, know how it is. It's not going to last forever. So you no, know, no, uh, be back on the well, wagon in no time. I still live ten minutes away from Whataburger. So you know, outstanding. Um, but yes, everybody. The important message between all of that, and it's going to go off the rails many more times today, is go buy the book. It's that simple, and you can just get it online, so you don't have to worry about paper cuts or any of that kind of stuff. Real simple deal, um, but go check it out. They have a lot of other key people in the industry helping out, you know, judge the debates and everything, so really, really quality stuff that they put out there as usual, uh, so go check that out. Let's talk um, some recent MLB transactions before we get into the rest of the information. J.D. Martinez, a guy that you got to see this past season mm. for at least half a season in Arizona – he found his way to Boston as many, many expected. We don't care about the financials of the deal. We want to care about the, the fantasy impact. How many times do you think he's going to pepper that green monster? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, a lot. I mean, J.D. is a great hitter, and especially, um, you know, it's like uh, we had Joe Pizzapia on our show, and he said, well, what else can, Piz- uh, can J.D. Martinez do? And I said, well, the only thing is play 40 more games. You know, um, he has does have a little bit of a history of missing time, but – other than that, the dude has been outstanding for the last couple seasons, especially with Arizona. And I love him going to Boston where he's going to hit in the middle of that lineup. I, you know, maybe three, but apparently the news came down that Hanley Ramirez is going to hit three. I don't know what that's all about, but um, yeah, no, he's uh, he's going to be a fantastic addition to Boston. So a uh, very good move for them. And it depresses me a lot. So, yeah, because everybody pretty much knew he, he was going to Boston did him officially signing with Boston? I guess it's not even official yet. I saw. Does him going to Boston does that change his rankings to you at all, or do you kind of still have him in the same ballpark where you draft him? I, you know, I would have given him a little bit of a tick up in Arizona just for his 
production from last season until they announced the humidor, which I thought also coincided with him signing with the Red Sox. I thought maybe, you know, we don't know what the the official offer from the Diamondbacks was, but my thought was always, well, it's probably a one-year, you know, $25 million, something along those lines, bet on yourself, uh, give us this chance that we have within the window of the Granky Goldschmidt era here in Arizona to try to get a championship. But um, after they announced the humidor, I mean, a guy that doesn't want to go in a free agency um, betting on himself one year if the homers are going to regress and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the Welsh doesn't think that that has anything to do with it. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, I think that they – I think that when J.D. Mar- – it was one or the other. When J.D. Martinez said no, they announced the humidor, or when they announced the humidor, J.D. Martinez said no. So I think one affected the other some way. But uh, we'll never know. But him, him in Boston is fantastic. I still think it's a very, very good move. So – Last question on J.D., since he's going to be in the middle of that order now, do you think it turns into a, a Mitch Moreland, Henley Ramirez platoon, and so their values, uh, they weren't high values to begin with fantasy-wise, but really, really decreases those guys, or how do you see that impacting the team? Um, I think Hanley's going to play most of the time. You know, Moreland will get in there. Sure, it'll be a platoon, but I would say it's more of a, you know, 160 or 110-50 type of platoon platoon if you're looking at all the games played in in Hanley's favor. I also think that Eduardo Nunez going to Boston kind of clouds some stuff too because yes, he can play everywhere and he's basically insurance for if, you know, Devers struggles or Jackie Bradley Jr. struggles, but he's going to start out at second base while Dustin Pedroia is uh, starting the year on the disabled list. So once uh, Pedroia comes back though, you know, I want Eduardo Nunez every day over Jackie Bradley Jr. at least. So I think that that is bigger as far as the Red Sox lineup goes. But they've got great pieces all over the place, and adding J.D. Martinez is fantastic. Yep, embarrassment of riches. Let's talk about a three-team trade that took place with uh, your boys. You guys picked up uh, Steven Souza Jr., People are saying, well, that was to replace J.D. Martinez. No, you're not replacing him with, J- with Steven Souza Jr. But formidable piece to the offense. How does he look uh, fantasy-wise to you this year? Oh, I love it. It moves Yasmani Tomas's fat ass back to the bench. That is what I love. <laughs> I do not want yeah. any more part of Tomas. I mean, even when Tomas hit a you know 30 bombs, he had a zero war because he's so terrible out in the outfield, and they're paying him way too much money. Um and Steven Souza Jr. fits right in. Uh, apparently, um, he's good friends with Paul Goldschmidt. He went to high school with Robbie Ray, and he played travel ball with Jake Lamb. So, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that either. The Welsh told me that yesterday, and that was uh, that was very, like I knew he knew Goldschmidt. I had heard that yeah. before, and I knew they worked out together and all that kind of stuff. But he's going to fit right in. It makes the outfield defense better. But for fantasy, maybe the home runs tick a little bit down with the humidor. But, you know, we let guys steal in Arizona. So uh, he's going to have an opportunity to run. I believe he's going to play most of the time. And, um, you know, I think it was a smart deal for the Diamondbacks dealing from depth because Drury goes to the Yankees. They still have Kettle Marte to play short, Owings to play second. They've got uh, Nick Ahmed backing up too, and Daniel Descalso on the bench. So, and Pollock is always hurt. Peralta got hurt last season. They signed Jared Dyson, so there's all kinds of depth in the outfield now for the injury problems. And Steven Souza did play 
a big chunk of last season, which he hasn't been known for. But um, he also really sank in the second half. He probably played through some injuries. Yeah, no, I think it's a great move for them. He's a good young ball player, cheap, under control for till through 2020, I believe it is. So re- really good move there. You mentioned Drury going to the Yankees. You saw him firsthand. I liked him a lot, especially if you talk splits against lefties. He can hit him really well. Um, he's probably going to start the year at second base, but we all know there's Gleyber Torres and Andahar and a bunch of guys that eventually will come up. Do you see Drury as an asset fantasy-wise, or, or is it only like really deep league AL-only type stuff? No, I think he's an asset. And I actually read yesterday that Cashman said the plan is for Drury to start at third. So, oh. But I think I think what it is, I think you're going to be wind up being probably right. So Drury can play – uh, he's a second baseman is his forte. He can play third. He can play a little bit of short. Uh, it's not his best thing, but he can do it. Uh, and he's had time in the outfield in Arizona. So the Yankees acquire a super utility type of player. But I think spring training is going to come down between Glaber Torres and Miguel Andujar. And whoever winds up playing better, jury will fill in the hole of whoever doesn't play better. So, um, uh, you know, maybe he'll start the year at third if Andrewar is bad. He can start the year at second if Torres is bad. If they're both good, I would lean towards him starting at third, or maybe being a super utility. I mean, if those guys both play really, really well, he could be a bench bat. So he, I like him, but his future is a little bit up in the air in New York, just like it would be in Arizona. But I don't know if too much change for him. I think he has a better chance of starting in New York. Definitely. I, do. I agree with that completely because with him leaving, you mentioned Cattell Marte, who I'm, I'm big on this year. But more importantly, my question is for Chris Owings. Had a breakout year last year. Many call many are calling it a fluke. Do you think, you know, kind of now having an everyday role with no one really to bug you at second base outside of Nick Ahmed, who I don't really count as bugging you, um, do you think Chris Owings can actually continue? Comment. I took offense to your comment last week, by the way. When you said, Which one? When you said Chris Owings kind of came out of nowhere here to play well, I guess you forgot that Chris Owings was minor league player of the year at one point in his career. Uh, now he was hitting in Vegas. Yeah, and I, I was I was a little I was a little league all star, and I'm sitting here talking to you. <laughs> uh huh. Great. Triple uh, A yeah, is different than little league, I, I believe. Now I was in Vegas, but uh, you know. Owings has been all over the place, right? So his his career has been hampered by a couple of injuries and some not his own. Remember, he started in center field for a big chunk when uh, A.J. Pollock broke his arm. Like a couple days before the season started, they had no one to replace Pollock in center. No one athletically, but Owings, you know, you can go from second to center. So he went out to center. He had to learn it. He probably brought a bunch of learning the outfield to the plate with him. So now he can finally know I'm the starting second baseman going in and I can concentrate on fielding and hitting. I know what I'm going to do this season. And uh, he had the finger injury last year. Now he is a little bit set back at this point because he had to have a second finger surgery in November. So he's about a week and a half to two weeks behind the normal players. I don't know if it's going to affect his regular season. I don't know if he'll get caught up uh, and, um, be able to start the year at second, or if he'll be a little bit behind and come in around week, uh, you know, the middle of week two, the middle of week three, something along those lines. But I like Chris Owings for this season. 
And yeah, minor league player of the year. Bubba. Come on, man. What are you no, doing? I do, I, I do like him a lot. I just didn't know because there's you, you know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of talk out there. People going, oh, no, there's no way he can do this again. But um, last guy I want to ask about, Carlos Gomez signed one year, $4 million with the Rays yesterday to replace Steven Souza. And I mean, my immediate reaction was like, what the heck are the, the Rays doing? But I said that about 12 different times this week. And I text, <laughs> I text our boy Yancey and I make sure, you know, he's got Kleenex close by. And oh, man. After another. It's a rough go. But Jeff Sullivan from Fangraphs comes out with an article about how Carlos Gomez is just a four-year-old version of Steven Souza Jr. Yeah. Except he's fragile. Do you buy into this at all? Like, is he because you can get him super late in the draft? Is that he's gonna have everyday playing time? I mean, look, you know, there's not many guys that are gonna hit three or four. You know, there's sixty total of those guys, and Carlos Gomez is cleanup hitter for the Rays. The Rays don't have the best lineup in the world, obviously, but um, he stayed somewhat healthy last season for Carlos Gomez, and he, I think that that is exactly right. If you you know look at the stat line. Carlos Gomez is a guy with all kinds of power and all kinds of speed. He's just constantly hurt. But if you can snag him close to the end of your draft, I don't see why not. Go get a cleanup hitter hitting in the middle of a major league lineup and, um, you know, see how long he's going to last for you. Now, um, a couple seasons ago, he's going way too high. I mean, the dude is constantly throwing out his shoulder because he swings as hard as he possibly can on every single pitch. I don't know if you've ever watched him, but it's uh, my shoulder hurts watching him swing like that. It's ridiculous. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think he is, uh, you know, he's a poor man's version of Souza, who is, you know, a poor man's version of some of the elite players. So. Yeah, no, it was, it was an impressive article to read because at first glance, like I said, it looked rough. And then I got my typical foot and mouth disease. And as I read it and realized, oh, wow, there's a lot to be said about this. And then you hit the nail on the head, a three or four hitter in baseball, there's only 60 of them. And that's primo real estate. So definitely someone to keep an eye on, and obviously I'll go up draft boards as we continue to draft this season. Let's get into the humidor. I've kind of left it off the last few podcasts as info keeps coming out, and I knew I had Mr. Arizona coming on today. And I want to get your kind of impact or your insight because you've probably heard more stuff than even what we know about in the area and, you know, talking to whoever you talk to. But – Derek Cardi came out with a bunch of good information saying all data ships 25 to 50% uh, reduction, which to me is a very wide range. But we saw what it did in Colorado. What are they talking about in Arizona? I mean, you've heard I, – I, I, you probably heard more than me I, because there is so much chatter about this. I just have to back away from it. You know, it, it it's just too much, man. Like – and it's the monster, right? It's the monster that nobody can see. It's uh, you know, like Bill Burr says, when you go out, he's like, you know, the ocean is like the jungle, but you can't see anything. You know, our head is right above the water. We have no idea. You know, yep. my question is with the humidor is how are the balls handled? Because they said, okay, you know, um, it's, it's the same thing as uh, it is in Colorado, but the humidity difference is going to make the ball weigh more and all this stuff. Well, if you take a ball – out in Arizona, you know, the dryness in Arizona is going to dry that ball out way quicker than it would in Colorado. So I don't know, like, is there going to be increased scoring at the end of the game? Is there going to be, um, is it really going to drop home runs by 35% like some people are predicting? I just don't know if I buy that big of an impact. Um, 
but people are panicking because we don't we just flat out don't know there's not a really great answer here and i sent um the hardball times article that came out last uh year god what is his name that wrote that doctor I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember right now. But that was the article that Derek Carty was referencing in his long Twitter stream that, that he wrote about this, where they were measuring core and all that stuff, and he just said, what nerdery. He's like, what? only in baseball would we be measuring core to predict fantasy players, of course. But, I mean, it's true. You know, um, I'm not a physics guy. I'm more of a uh, dick jokes type of guy. So uh, I can't tell you all the physics that are going to happen with this, but uh, I know that I, I'm not bumping Goldschmidt off of my board at all. You know, like a lot of people are moving him down to 10. They're moving him down to 11. There's just not a chance in hell I'm doing that. I don't think you're crazy if you put Arenado ahead of him. That's as far as I'd go. So four. I got yeah. him at four. I'm not moving him down. Now, to be honest with you, I don't like drafting my own players on the Diamondbacks. And you you know that I don't like A.J. Pollock because you listened to my podcast before. I love him as a player, but the dude's always hurt. Um, Jake Lamb with his terrible splits. I don't want any part of him this season. Um, and, you know, then the rest of the outfielders are kind of on rotation. So unless they slip, I'm probably not taking them anyway. So as far as the hitters go, I'm kind of not in on most of them anyway, and but this isn't going to really sway me too much because m maybe, you know what, now that they acquired Sousa, maybe Sousa slips a little bit because there are not too many other players in that lineup that are super home run dependent. I mean, Jake Lamb hits a lot of bombs, but he gets a lot of RBIs and runs too, so I'm not too worried about that. If he falls off by five homers, I can get those somewhere else because power is cheap nowadays, so. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because you see all different sides of the spectrum on what it's going to be. The humidity part you mentioned, do you have dry balls at the end of the, the game, which could be a personal problem, could be yeah. baseball problem. There's a whole <laughs> lot of problems there. You mentioned ball handling. We can go all day with this. Yeah, um, brought to you by Gold well, Bond. Yes, yes, get your Gold Bond. You need that in Arizona in the summertime. Oh, yeah. um, trust me, trust me, I know. But um, I asked Eno Saris. I said, so what's this mean like for the pitchers? What does it mean? He says, gives them better grips, so like their slider or this, that, and the other. But I asked, okay, so you're setting the humidity. What if the roof's open compared to closed? Do you set it at a different setting? There's like there's so many factors to it that no one has an answer to yet. So this Yeah, and like I don't know if they're allowed to change the settings. That's a big that's thing too. Yeah. yeah, because if every game is ending two to one like they're playing in Petco, are they allowed to go in and, you know, just like a – a thermostat in your apartment? Like, are they allowed to just take it down a couple notches? Like, okay, all right, let's get some four to three games here. You know, I don't know. I don't know if they're allowed to change it or not for the entire season. So everybody doing this measurement and humidity and everything, well, what if they say, eh, nah, F this. We're going to turn this down a little bit. Or if halfway through the year they're like, you know what, our players aren't liking this. We're going to just quit using it. I don't know. So I don't know if the MLB has a rule in place that if it's there, you have to use it or if you can't adjust it or how the balls are handled, or any of that stuff. So these are the things that we need to find out before we go and completely demolish the value rating on all the hitters and raise the pitchers way, way up. I actually, you know, I don't like taking the hitters, but I do like the pitchers for Arizona this year. And I know a lot of people are laying off of them, but I like most of them. Yeah, and uh, that's where I was going to go next. Um, 
you know, Robbie Ray coming off his big year, gave up a lot of hard contact. That was kind of the, I guess, if anybody had anything negative to say about him was that and sometimes his control issues. But he was really good, and obviously the humidor will help with the hard contact rate. you got guys like Zach Granke, Tyron Walker, Patrick Corbin, who pitched great at home already compared to on the road. You, are you moving these guys up? Because you said you liked them a lot. You forgot the best one. You forgot Who? the best one. Zach Godley. Oh, God. Come on. No, I know. I know. I always forget him. And I, I know. I always forget him. <laughs> but uh, do, do you buy it? Okay, we'll answer this question for me. Why the, hell did they get, why the hell did they send him down in the middle of the season last year to give him, quote, unquote, rest when he still pitched in AAA? That because one blew my mind. Because he was rel- reliever the year before. Oh, he's a reliever the year before. He, he hadn't yes, uh, he hadn't put all these innings on his arm before. So, and you saw that in the second half where his ERA jumped up a little bit. It's because he wasn't used to the grind quite yet. But he pitched fantastic down the stretch. And even Rob Silver, we had Rob Silver on our show, and he gave a great explanation. Uh, and problem. I think it's uh, well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I want people to uh, listen to <laughs> our podcast. Uh, I, hey, look, I'm a whore. I am not above name dropping <laughs> or shaming people into buying stuff. I don't care. So, uh, by the way, guys, they have a book for sale on Amazon and on it's a book. You should buy it, please, <laughs> God. Uh, but anyway, Rob Silver came on and he said, "Look, everything in the stats says Zach Godley's year was was a true year. He wasn't bumped up by BAPIP or anything else. I just don't want to take him because who the hell is Zach Godley? I mean, that was his quote. That's from an expert guy who's won the NFBC main event." So when he's saying, well, just who the hell is Zach Godley? That's the reason I don't want him, which, look, I have for plenty of players. But he put up a great season. Uh, He has the right type of attitude and the humidor is coming in. Like, you know, I'm not going to be the guy to avoid him. I'm not going to bump him up ridiculously on my – I think pitchers list has him in the top 20. I'm not going to go up that high on him because it is one year. But – I'm not going to avoid him at all. And I'm not going to avoid the rest of these guys. You know, uh, Robbie Ray, I think his problem in past seasons was he was around the plate just too much. Um, you know, when you have that filthy kind of stuff, you don't have to be on top of the plate all the time. And I think he was a little bit adjusted. And also, you know, we brought in pitchers type of catchers last season. You know, Beef Wellington was out. It was a bunch of framers. It was Jeff Mathis. It was Chris Iannetta, who had a good offensive year also. But he's much better as a catcher. I'm a little bit scared of what Alex Avila is going to bring because he's known as much more of an offensive catcher. And, but I know that Granke is going to be pitching to Mathis. Like that's going to, he will be pitching to Mathis. That's that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how these years repeat. And, but Robbie Ray's big bugaboo was pitching at home. You know, his yeah. ERA was, I think almost two and a half, three runs higher uh, at home than it was on the road. His ERA on the road was under two. I think it was one eight six somewhere around there. And it was four one two or somewhere in that neighborhood uh, at home. So you add the humidor in. Uh, if you think it's going to have some type of effect, it's got to be better for him. I don't know if he's going to repeat a under two road ERA this season, but I think he has moved himself into that second deck type of pitchers. You know that second tierish. You know I would put him in the top twenty. I don't think I would put. Uh, I'm not moving godly there quite yet. And Corbin had 19 quality starts last season. I like Go Corbin. To you, get, you get Corbin so late. I, like I was two years guy. early on that guy. Yeah, I was two I like years Corbin early on him. So, and he's two years removed from Tommy John now too. So, and yep. he was a stud. He was an all-star before 
the Tommy John surgery. He was, uh, I think he was a second pitcher in the game in, in Shea in 2013. So he yep. was, uh, he was really, really good then. And he's kind of getting back to that form after the Tommy John surgery now. So I like Patrick Corbin a lot. That's uh, a good little staff they have uh, brewing there in uh, Arizona. So it'd be, I'm really curious to see where this humidor goes because, you know, they're always complaining about the baseballs and all this and that, and they saw it in the postseason. So I, I'm curious to what extent they take this to. And, you know, they say MLB's monitoring it, and Eric, the D-backs aren't even in charge of it. So I'm curious because, like you said, if they want to keep offensive players coming to town, they can't have two-to-one games every year or every game. Yeah. So, It'll be really interesting to see how this works. We take this brief break from Bench with Bubba to talk to you about RotoWare. It's one of the best quality shirts in the industry. When I mean industry, all the clothing industry, the fantasy sports industry, because people are rocking it. They're loving it. You're seeing it in a lot of big outlets now. The no other brand can compete with RotoWare in terms of quality. They're premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts. They specialize with a special, special printing process. The design is part of the shirt. Literally, it is dyed and bleached into the fabric. No thick ink. There's over 30 different designs right now. It's just crazy all the stuff they have coming out, and there's more and more stuff every time you turn your head. They have fantasy football, baseball, hockey, basketball, some really cool DFS ones, but everything's great. They have men's, women's, and kids. Check them all out. Go to rotoware.com, R-O-T-O-W-E-A-R.com. Check them out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at rotoware. But the cool part, guys, if you use the promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, you get 20% off your order. Again, promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S. Check their site out. Check them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're always giving away free shirts. And then when you go to purchase the ones you want for you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever, use promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to this week's episode of Bench with Bubba. Let's go to the third base position, which is – Pretty pretty heavy, as always, um, and we're going to go 1 through 10, 11 through 20, 21 through 30 on NFBC ADP rankings for the last uh, about month, starting February 1st and seeing how it plays out. Starting at the top, you got Arenado, Chris Bryant, Machado, Jose Ramirez, Josh Donaldson, Alex Bregman, Anthony Rendon, Justin Turner, Travis Shaw, Nick Castellanos. Um, when you look up top, Scott, you got Arenado and Chris Bryant, and to me, it's kind of just pick your poison. You got one in Colorado, one coming off to some people a down season, but still a very good season. And I'm hearing a lot of chatter that people wouldn't be shocked if Chris Bryant's like a top three player this year. What's your thought on those two? Um, do you prefer one over the other? Is it pretty simple? I mean, I think you have to take Arenado. You know, um, if, if you're picking between these guys, playing in Colorado, fantastic lineup. Uh, everything just adds up to him, you know. Uh, Chris Bryant, though, going off at 15 in, in, as his ADP, I mean, barely a first-rounder, that's a bit much. He's, I mean, this dude is a fantastic hitter. He's a great player. Um, you know, he was MVP his second full year. I, Chris Bryant is amazing. So I don't know why he's going this low. Um, I like him a lot. And uh, I don't like the third-base position this season very much at all. So I think that getting Chris Bryant late in the first or, you know, early in the second, if you're in a 12 man, I think it's a great idea. I love that dude. He's really, really good. So when you say you don't like the third base position, do you not like the depth at the third base position or you just, you just don't like the position? <laughs> you know, it's not, it is kind of deep. 
But these players, these third basemen have such high ceilings and such low floors that they're just dicey. I feel like every single third baseman outside, like I got to seven. After you get to seven on this list, which is Arenado, Bryant, Machado, Ramirez, Donaldson, Bregman, Rendon, after that, it gets really shaky and untrustworthy. So that's just kind of how I see third base playing out. So I like to grab one a little bit early if I can. I've been doing my mocks where I haven't been taking third baseman and I haven't been taking one of those seven first baseman or third baseman. And after that, I wait and been stuck with Miguel Anduar, and that flew out the window when they traded for Drury now. So now I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with third base <laughs> for most of my things. Luckily, those were mocks and yes. not real drafts yet. So Exactly. But uh, no, that, that's a good point because it does get really, really dicey. Guys you could see finishing top 10 at third base, no problem, or guys that you know could just completely destroy your team. So I get what you're saying there. Um, you got Machado Ramirez, then you have Josh Donaldson sitting there, the fifth third baseman off the board at pick 29, about 30 overall. Now, didn't play all year last year due to injuries, but the, when he played, he played really, really, really well. Going into a contract season, do you see Donaldson finishing, you know, maybe with the Chris Bryants of the world, or is fifth about right here? Um, You know, he. this is another guy, even though I like Donaldson, he has wild swings. I think this is a great spot to buy him because you're not spending a super high pick. You know, you're not spending a first rounder like you were last season. And um, this is a guy that can provide you first round value. I think for Donaldson, it's really all about staying healthy. And if he can stay healthy and uh, provide you the type of numbers that he has before, this is another guy that was the MVP, you know, um, you're getting a fantastic value and you're getting it at somewhat of a premium position. Now there are some guys down here that people are going to like, you know, they're going to like the Travis Shaw's they're going to like the Joey Gallows or Sano or lamb. Um, there's maybe one of those guys later here that I actually like though. So, you know, snagging a uh, Josh Donaldson and I'm, apologize if you can hear this car alarm of people apparently i just have savages okay, living in my all complex. the hot takes, all the hot takes. alarms going off yeah <laughs> for all the hot takes right, exactly <laughs> so but yeah if you can grab josh Donaldson, i think was it uh were you the one that was saying you don't know if you're buying in on the jose ramirez hype i listened to a lot of podcasts was that you i'm kind of torn on him i agree with i, I like his hit tools like his average and everything. I don't know if I'm buying into the power quite yet. Okay. And that's fine. I mean, as long as the dude's still swiping bases, yeah. you're okay. But I mean, you know, he, let's see, what is, uh, what are his projections here for Donaldson? 29 bombs, 78 RBI and 80 runs. That's still pretty, pretty damn good. Hitting 276. And we know the type of ceiling that he has. And that's yeah. over a hundred runs, a hundred RBI and 35, 40 bombs. So, um, I love where he's going. I think it's a great, great value. Yeah, I think he's fallen too far. Um, at six and seven, you have Bregman and Anthony Rendon. Rendon coming off that really, really good year. Um, and then Bregman started out horrible, almost got put back to the minors, and then he tore it up in the second half. Just great, great second half. Saw it in the, in the playoffs. I'm kind of surprised he's going this high, but all at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if he finished this high. Would you rather have Brightman at 31 or wait 26 picks for Rendon is kind of where I'm going with this. I would rather have Rendon. 
to be honest with you. I love Bregman, but I think you're right. I think the the hype is a bit much. Now, the one positive that we see from him is exactly what you said. You know, when he made his readjustments, uh, he was fantastic, and he didn't have to get sent down. He had over 300 in the second half. Uh, he has power and speed, which is nice. Rendon does not have speed. And Rendon's a bit of an injury risk. He's missed uh, plenty of games in the past. I think that's why you're seeing the precipitous drop-off between these two guys. But if I had my choice, I would probably take a pitcher or like a Gary Sanchez where Alex Bregman is going and then take Rendon uh, a round and a half or two rounds later if I could uh, if I could do that. So I, I like Bregman, but I just think he's going to touch high. Yep, Because he's going like two picks after Donaldson. I'd much rather yep. have Donaldson. That's crazy. Yeah, I'd rather have Donaldson or I'd wait because – like and it's, like you said, I don't mind Bregman. I just, I just, yeah. Uh, it's 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 the price is steep for me. It's nice that he qualifies it short too. I'll say that, that does help. You know. That does help a lot uh, because right. short stops a position. You either go early or you wait. In my opinion, because who? Yeah. But um, last guy in the top ten, I want to ask you about is Nick Castellanos. He creeped in there. Uh, everyone talk, could couldn't stop talking about it. That oh, he's got the hard hit rate, the hard contact, exit velocity, this, that, and the other. And he had a good season. Had a really good season. He's outfield eligible with his third base. Yeah, he's projected to hit 272 with 23 homers, doesn't run at all, and he's in a horrible lineup now where his best protection is Miguel Cabrera, the or maybe the shell of Miguel Cabrera. So um, do you even have any desire to take Castellanos, or is this kind of just a pass? I don't have desire to take him, uh, but I don't know if he's – he's not a guy that I – you know, he's not a zero shares guy. I'll gotcha. say that. Um you know, um, that's why I said the top seven, because when you look at Turner, you know, Turner hit 377 in the first half, 266 in the second half. He was dealing with some injuries. When you look at Travis Shaw, Travis Shaw to me is the Zach Godley of hitters. Like, where the F did you come from, dude? Like, how did you all of a sudden have this fantastic year where you're hitting bombs and stealing bases and all this kind of stuff? I don't know if I buy into Travis Shaw at all you know going around 94 is actually okay that yeah, like that is not bad at all but uh, you know when we did a couple of um mocks right after the season he was going around four round five mm, no thanks pass uh but if he's going around pick 94 that's not bad but cassianos i don't know like you mentioned the horrible lineup uh, and really we don't know like you know, Victor had a heart problem last year. Is he yep. really going to come back and play? Uh, Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera had the double herniated discs, and the, you know, there's basically no one cleaning him up. It's me and Bubba cleaning him up here. It's James McCann, Leonis Martin, and Dixon Machado. Yep. So that lineup is absolutely brutal. So I don't know how many runs he's going to score. Hopefully, he's just driving them in and hitting some bombs. So I mean, you know. That that's an, it's another one of these guys with a high ceiling and the low floor, and I don't like taking too many of those players. You got to take some of them at some point. Yes. So maybe third base is where you're going to take them this year because so many players have that. But I'm just trying to get a more sure thing at third base. Take my risk at, at a different position that ha is deeper. So if it doesn't work out, I'm not reaching for someone else. That's exactly. All. No, I completely agree with that. We're going to the next ten. You got Sano, Joey Gallo, Jake Lamb, Rafael Devers. Mustakis, Eduardo Nunez, Kyle Seager, Adrian Beltre, Eugenio Suarez, and Ryan Healy. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Miguel Sano because I just don't want to talk about Miguel Sano. But uh, 
Joey Gallo. This is the guy that everyone's in love with or doesn't believe it can happen again. He's going 115 overall. If you have good batting average stability early on, he makes for tremendous power. That's a Captain Obvious quote for you. But, again, this is the definition of high risk right here. Yeah. Joey Gallo, what's your thoughts on him if you like, came to the point where maybe he dropped another 20 picks in the draft? I actually think that Joey Gallo might be the safest one of these guys. Well, you know what uh, you're I mean, going to really Yeah, but you know what you're going to get. You're going to get shit average and a ton of homers. Yeah. So dude's going to hit, I would say, at least 30 homers. He's probably going to drive in 100. He's probably going to score between 85 and 90. Uh, he'll even throw you in a couple stolen bases. So uh, I, I don't believe it at all. But if he could raise that batting average just a little bit, he'd be going much, much higher. So I actually love to buy Joey Gallo, and I don't mind him at 115 at all. I just think that every mock I've done, he's gone a little bit earlier than that. Agreed. So, yeah. you know, I like that is exactly where I want to buy him, but I think people also know that. So they look and they say, well, Miguel Sano has this assault thing. Uh, Jake Lamb had a terrible second half. Devers is young. Musakis doesn't have a team. I'm going to just take the 40 homer guy with the horrible average and try to short my average, you know, draft Joey Gallo and DJ LeMahieu together. And kind of set. So, yep. Uh, I'm 100% there. If you got Jose Altuve, go get Joey Gallo. Something yes. Like that. Um, I love that combination. Uh, Rafael Devers, young guy, pretty good season. Um, Supposed to be the everyday third baseman now, but you mentioned Eduardo Nunez can help spell time if Devers struggles because he can still go back down. But um, do you do you like Rafael Devers this year? Or is, I know he's an amazing pedigree and everything. Like he's gonna be really good. But are you on him this year? You still want another year or two out of him? I feel like I would get kicked off my own show if I said that I didn't <laughs> like Rafael Devers because the I Welsh is absolutely uh, obsessed <laughs> with Rafael Devers. So I. I mean, it's hard not to like this dude. You know, yeah. he came up and uh, he was very, very impressive in his short stint last season. He's hitting in the middle of that Boston lineup. Uh, I think he's projected to hit six, somewhere around there, five or six. Um, I mean, he's got a lot of power, hit in the middle of a great lineup. He didn't show any deficiencies at the big league level last season. So I like him. But like I said, the risk is, you know, we've seen plenty of guys come up and hit incredible, and then the next year they blow, Trevor Story. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go, but he has the pedigree. He has all of this stuff. So I like taking uh, Rafael Devers too. Maybe I'm talking myself a little bit more into these third basemen. Like this is a nice tier of third basemen. I'd rather Plus, wait a little yeah. bit and take a – if I don't get the top seven, I don't exactly. want to reach on Shaw. I don't want to reach on Turner or Castellanos or Sano. I'd rather go with Gallo, Devers, Moose, Steger, and Beltre. Exactly. One of those guys, I don't want um, – I don't want Eduardo Nunez. You know, I've already told you guys I don't want anything to do with Jake Lamb. And moving past into the lower guys, I don't want – any of those dudes at all. So if I don't get one in the top 18 here, you know, it's rough in the streets at third base. So if you're in a deeper league, it's really, really rough. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Devers is fine. I like drafting Devers. And that, and, and that point you made about it gets rough if you're in a deep league, I've realized that doing a lot of mocks. If you don't have one of these 
I'll even go as far as saying top 20. I don't want all those, but you better have at least one of those guys there. Um, at 18, going 159 overall, Adrian Beltre. This is a guy that I love getting here. I think he's not getting the respect he deserves. I know he was hurt last year. I know he's old. You can't completely draft things based on a guy that's going to get hurt. If We know if he plays 140 games, his production is way better than 159. So are, are you okay? Yeah. You, already, you already mentioned his name. Are you okay with him being your starting third baseman? I'm absolutely fine with Beltre being my starting third baseman. Uh, I've taken him. I think we've done five mocks. I've taken him in two. Yep. So I've taken Anjouar in the other two, and I can't even remember who my other guy was. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I really, really like taking Beltre. I think you're right. And I think Seager's getting a little bit of that too. I think people were yep. taking Seager in the sixth round last year, and all of a sudden he's dropping down around nine. Um, and going behind Jake Lamb is surprising to me. I know when you look at the overall numbers, Jake Lamb is a little bit younger, a little bit sexier, but that second half will sink you. So especially if you're in a head-to-head league, you know, if you're in Roto, okay, you get the great stats from Lamb in the second half and you try to move him or something. But if you have Lamb and, um, yeah, they're painting my door again, of course. Sorry about that. But, uh, if, uh, you know, if you're taking Lamb there, why not wait and take Seager round and a half, two rounds later? I'd much rather do that. I mean, and we were talking about this last year. Why the hell are you taking Seager in the sixth when you can get Lamb in the ninth? It's yep. the same thing. They're kind of the same dude, so take the dude that is going later. Exactly. That's my opinion on those two guys. Last guy I want to ask you about here at 19th going 195, basically. Eugenio Suarez, big year last year, still gets to hit in that great ballpark with Joey Votto around him. You know, average might not be what you expect, but he still has the you know twenty twenty five homer power. Is this a guy you don't mind, or are you just are you cutting off at eighteen like you talked about? Well, here's the thing with Suarez: like, even if you believe in those numbers, they have Nick Senzel just breathing down his neck. And I know Senzel's been playing play short. Yeah, I know that's what they said, but you draft a guy who came up playing short, and you immediately moved him in the draft to third. That means you think he's probably a third baseman. So um, that's the risk when you take a guy like Suarez. So if Senzel comes up and he plays short, fantastic. You've done a great job. You've got a valuable third baseman uh, around pick 200, uh, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit later, you know, based on whatever. But I, I just – that's the risk, and that's the risk in a lot of these third basemen. You know, you can sit here and pull co- – it's easy to pull holes. Now, that, yeah. there's other – you can pull holes in any player. But it's super easy to poke holes in these guys. Uh, Lamb sucks in the second half. Devers is young. Mustakas doesn't have a team. Nunez is super utility. Seager had a terrible year. Beltre's hurt. Suarez has competition. So when you can just tick off big, uh, you know, spore gaping holes in their game here, then um, it's it's rough to confidently draft these guys. I don't mind if you draft them, but you know. If I'm if I'm getting outside that top seven, I'm probably trying to back up one of my guys with another risk guy just in case. Now I'm not going to go through the next ten because it is pretty ugly. Just two names I want to ask you about in this going 25th and 26th, basically both 288. You have Todd Frazier is going to be with the Mets. We know he's a average liability, but still has 30 plus homer pop and can still use some bases super late in the draft. And then you have Matt Chapman. A lot of power, up and down first season. He's supposed to be the everyday guy there now. They got rid of Ryan Healy in Oakland. Are these two guys like late round flyers that you don't not not talking about your starting third baseman? Maybe a corner infielder, bench. 
are these two guys you could look at as a late flyer or, or do you have any other late sleepers you might gamble on in the draft? Um, you know, Todd Frazier was a second round pick like two years ago or three years ago. So uh, he just needs to really bring the average up. He can't be hitting 214. So getting him at 25 around pick 288, I, I like both these guys. Like To be honest, I don't know why uh, Matt Chapman and Todd Frazier are, are going behind Ryan Healy, who's already got a busted hand, uh, Mikel Franco, who was awful. You know, Josh Harrison, you can like Josh Harrison. That's fine. But I'll take the power upside of Chapman and Frazier easily over those exactly. two guys. Um, one other guy that I would like is I kind of like Candelario with Detroit. Yeah. Now we know we just crapped on Detroit's lineup and it's not good, but he is hitting two. He's supposed to be hitting in front of Miguel Cabrera. So Miguel Cabrera turns into old Miguel Cabrera even a little bit. Then you have this guy uh, hitting in front of him who's seeing all kinds of good pitches uh, because they want to try to, uh, you know, get him out before Cabrera comes up. So, and he was pretty decent last season, Candelario. So, seeing him go behind those guys once again is kind of surprising. I would take him over uh, Harrison Franco, Solarte, and especially stupid Jose Reyes. I don't know why he's going behind Jose Reyes. Give me a break, guys. What are you doing? Come on. Yeah, that one. It's no NFBC. You're paying a lot of money. Let's let's get it. Come on. You're supposed, supposed to be the, the best of the best. Let's go. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Candelario, I do like a lot. He's a nice sneaky play there. Uh, we've talked prospects real quick. That I'm talking more prospects that will have an impact at some point this year. So not Vlad Guerrero Jr. We understand who he is. Fernando Tatis, probably not. But you mentioned Miguel Andahar's name a few times. You got Nick Senzel, maybe Austin Riley. Any um, guys you're looking at on super deep drafts or just to keep an eye out on the waiver wires for later impact? No, I think you kind of covered it. You know, Anduar and you know Riley is a He's an interesting name. I don't know if I would say he's a lock for this year. Maybe September call up 40 man, but if he's just tearing it up, you know, Atlanta doesn't have a lot, so I don't see why not. Um, but Anduar is the big one and Senzel is the really big one. So outside of those guys at third, I just don't I don't see making too much impact. Oh, you know what? Another sleeper guy, Matt Duffy. Forgot about yeah. Matt Duffy. Starting for Tampa Bay. About Matt Duffy and his fat cat. Yeah, Skeeter. That's good. I had a fat cat named Skeeter. So uh, such a great name. Uh, forty-four going off forty-four, and he's going. You know, five picks ahead of Lad Guerrero. You know, who's the other? I mean, maybe Christian Arroyo, who's in Tampa, also. Um, if he doesn't work out, uh, I'm going through this list here. I, I, got, I, don't really I got a name for you. I'm curious about. For some reason, he's not on NFBCs. Third base, let's. So he's under first base, but I know he's third base eligible. Colin Moran, who the Pirates got. A lot of people are trying to act like he's a big time sleeper. He's going 402 right now in NFBCs. What are your thoughts there? Well, he adjusted the swing. You know, uh, he was god awful before he did that. So adjusting the swing is nice, but with Pittsburgh, you just never know what the hell's going on. Well, who are they going to acquire? What they're going to do? They just added Corey Dickerson today. Yep. So, um, I like him. I like him there. Uh, that's another nice sleeper. Him and, and Duffy are kind of in the same range. Uh, you know, if you want a little bit more batting average consistency type of stuff, guy hitting high in the lineup, go with Duffy. If you're looking for maybe a power uh, play because 
you took a Billy Hamilton or someone that didn't hit, doesn't, you know, D Gordon, someone who doesn't hit a lot of power. You're trying to find at the end of the draft. Colin Moran's not a bad pick. Okay. Last question. If people for some reason listen to this podcast and not Scott's podcast, well, I don't know what you're doing. One of the things Scott does and does well is troll his partner in crime. <laughs> and one thing he does well when he does it is, is zero shares because the Welsh will be crying when one of his guys gets injured and his whole season's ruined and you have to chuckle in the background like you hear now. And he's sitting there going, how many shares do I have? Zero shares. Basically the middle <laughs> finger. To his hey, the Welsh, ask me how many shares I have. And he'll, exactly. And he'll hear, Ugh. Yeah, go, it's absolutely gross. No shares. No shares. Yeah. We even have a shirt now. Zero shares. It's, uh, it's like a jersey style. Like I said, I'm a whore. And it says shares on the back and then zero underneath it. Big in this league logo. So Outstanding. Well, that brings me to the question now. Give me a couple guys. Obviously, don't have to go all over it. It could be any position, not third base. Some guys that are – people are all over that you can have zero shares of this year. Well, I, I got a bunch here. So, And uh, I, I like to play the hits. So the first one isn't a hit. Uh, and I actually have one share of him in a dynasty league, so it won't be zero shares, but I'll be drafting zero shares of this guy. Reese Hoskins. I love Reese Hoskins. He's got all kinds of power upside, but he is going in the second round, and that is too high. Even in the third round, it's probably a touch high. Um, he's got all kinds of power upside, and I know I think it was was it depth charts that projected him to hit like 40-something homers, which is a possibility. But I could see him being first base Joey Gallo, you know. Uh, and, and next year, Joey Gallo is going to be first base Joey Gallo because he's not going to play any third unless Beltre gets hurt again, which I guess I shouldn't say. You know, maybe I'm a little bit quick to pull that trigger because uh, Beltre <laughs> could easily get hurt. But, um, yeah, Hoskins Steamers is going to 37 homers. 37, okay. I mean, that is aggressive for Steamer. Usually they're fairly uh, – you know, um, usually fairly conservative, but uh, Hoskins is going too high. You know, I'd rather take Edwin Encarnacion on the next round, who's basically the same dude, but has all kinds of consistency. And, uh, you know, Hoskins played two months. He hit 300 one month. He hit 220 the next month. So, you know, the league adjusted fairly well to him. So uh, Reese Hoskins definitely a zero shares guy for me this season. Um, I, I have uh, some more hits here, too. Strasburg, you know I'll never own. Uh, yeah. Bubba, you know that. Uh, Pollock, I, I, I'll I, never I, I can't do Strasburg either. I just can't do it. I'm in, I'm in your same shoes. I can't do it. He was good last year. Like last year, he was fairly healthy. Very good. But can't do it. I can't put myself through that. I have enough gray hairs. Uh, Pollock, no way. Not a chance. He's Glass Joe from Mike Tyson. Uh, Ryan Braun, the lying cheater. Never take Ryan Braun. I just will not do it. I don't care how far he drops. I, I'm still bitter from 2007. I hold grudges, people. I was about to say, uh, good Lord. <laughs> well, he was on those goddamn horse steroids, and he hit five homers in the NLDS and bounced the Diamondbacks, uh, who had a better chance to win. Uh, I just can't even get, get all that out. Um, and then a couple new guys coming up on this list, Schwarber. I, I like Schwarber, and he's another one of those guys like Hoskins. Like, I already have a share, and I'm not going to trade him now because he's not kind of worth anything at this point or enough from where I drafted him in our initial draft. Uh, so, But his splits are terrible, and Joe Madden is his coach, and he'll be defensively replaced in almost every single game that he starts anyway. 
So I'm not going to have any shares of Schwarber. I don't trust this Conforto shoulder injury. So I'm zero shares on Michael Conforto. Uh, Alex Reyes, I don't want to mess with arm injuries, you know, going into the bullpen possibly too. I don't want any of that. And uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., because of the stuff I mentioned at the top with uh, Eduardo Nunez coming in, I think Jackie Bradley Jr. is the dude that gets pushed out. And the last guy is Julio Tehran. Guy can't pitch at home. Half of the starts are going to be at home. And I was listening to the Sleeper in the Bus, and I can't remember who it was, but they said somebody said they would rather live in Tehran than draft Tehran. And I think that's <laughs> perfect. That's perfect analogy for that guy. Yep. That is perfect because, yeah, um, lefties torch him. And in that ballpark, we know how that ends. So don't go there. But I, I like the, the Schwarber one, the part where you mentioned – the Joe Madden will replace him. So you're going to get lucky to get three at bats a game out of the guy. So it's just going to kill you over and over again. So, yeah, well said. All right, Scott, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us, everybody in this league.com. He does podcasts all the time. He's on FNTSY radio. He's doing a bunch of uh, NFL draft stuff. It's not just fantasy baseball, just basketball. He's got a lot of that going on. College the fantasy more- football. For yep. every nerd, I've got every nerd covered, all of them. And please, for God's sake, Amazon.com, 99 Fantasy Baseball Player Debates. I would really love it. And like I said, PDF version we have on uh, InThisLeague.com too. And then I am at Bogman Sports, and the Welsh is at is it the Welsh if you want to give him a pity follow. Oh, my God. He's going to be so flattered because he never mentions you when he's on. That was adorable. Well, he's an asshole. So I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, everybody, Benjamin Bowen, <laughs> episode 74 in the books again. Scott, thanks for joining me, man. We'll do this again. You got soon. it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.